Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Missionary Baptist Church, the birthplace of gospel music. We are so grateful that you decided to join in with us today. First of all, to those of you who have ventured out into the sanctuary, God bless you. And thank you for being in attendance today. For those watching at home via Facebook or YouTube, we say thank you, thank you, and thank you again. We say thank you and thank you and thank you again for tuning in with us today. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and hit that share button. Invite your friends and your neighbors to come on to the birthplace of gospel music. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let the world know that you're watching the birthplace of gospel music. Hallelujah in this place. Amen. Our scripture text today comes from the gospel of Mark. If you're able to stand, please stand, not for me, but in reverence to the word of God. Standing in reverence to the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It comes from the book of Mark. Hallelujah. Starting at the ninth chapter. The ninth chapter of the gospel of Mark. Starting at the 14th verse. When you have it, say amen. That's Mark chapter 9. Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. If you're having trouble finding Mark, we need to see you Wednesday at Bible study. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. Come on, come on, come on, come on. When you have it, say amen. Amen, amen. Starting at the ninth chapter and starting at the 14th verse. Mark, chapter 9, 14, and it reads, When they came back down the mountain to the other disciples, they saw a huge crowd around them and the religion scholars cross-examining them. As soon as the people in the crowd saw Jesus admiring, excitement stirred them. They ran and greeted him. He asked, what's going on? What's all the commotion? Verse 17 says, a man out of the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my mute son, made speechless by a demon to you. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and goes stiff as a board. I told your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they could not. Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. They brought him. When the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. He asked the boy's father, how long has this been going on? He answered, ever since he was a little boy. Many times it pitches him into the fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything to it, have a heart and help us. Jesus said, if there are if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Verse 24 says, no sooner were the words of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe. Help me with my doubts. I read the message version. We'll get the King James version later. Let us go to the throne in prayer. Father God, we welcome you into this place. Have your way in this service today, God. Remove anything that is unlike you in this place, God. Let your spirit dwell in this place, God. If our praises be so pleasing, God, then inhabit the praises of your people this day in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Thank you. 
gospel music has spread beyond its geographic origins to touch audiences around the world. Whereas the history of gospel music can be traced to multiple and diverse influences and foundations, including African-American spirituals that blended diverse elements from African music and melodic influences from Irish folk songs and hymns and gospel music, ultimately borrowed from uniquely American musical styles, including ragtime, jazz, and blues. Whereas that tradition of diversity remains today, as the influence of gospel music can be found infused in all forms of secular music, including rock and roll, country, soul, rhythm, and blues, and countless other styles. Whereas the legacy of gospel music includes some of the most memorable voices and musical pioneers in the history of the United States, such as Thomas Dorsey, Mahalia Jackson, James Vaughn, Roberta Martin, Virgil Stamps, Diana, Dinah Washington, Stamps Quartet, the Highway QCs, the Statesmen, the Soul Stirrers, Point of Grace, Smokey Novel, Ter Terry Woods, James Cleveland, Billy Ray Hearns, Rex Hubbard, Joe Legan, the Mighty Clouds of Joy, Kirk Franklin, Theola Booker, Yolanda Adams, Edwin and Walter Hawkins, Sandy Patty, the Winans, Kathy Taylor, Mavis Staples, and the Staples Singers, and Brenda Walters, whereas many of the biggest names in the music emerge from the gospel music tradition or have recorded gospel music, including Sam Cooke, Al Green, Elvis Presley, Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, Little Richard, Ray Charles, Buddy Harley, Alan Jackson, Dolly Parton, Mariah Carey, and Randy Travis. Whereas regardless of their musical styles, those artists and so many more have turned gospel music as the source and inspiration for their music, which has blurred the boundaries between secular and gospel music. Whereas beyond its contribution to the musical tradition of the United States, gospel music has provided a cultural and musical backdrop across all of mainstream media, from television series to major Hollywood motion pictures, including American Idol, Heroes, Dancing with the Stars, and so many more. Whereas gospel music has a huge audience around the country and around the world, a testament to the universal appeal of a historical American art form that both inspires and entertains across Rachel ethnic, religious, and geographic boundaries, and whereas September 2021 would be an appropriate month to designate as Gospel Music Heritage Month. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled that Congress supports the designation of Gospel Music Heritage Month, which would recognize the contributions to the culture of the United States derived from the rich heritage of gospel music and gospel music artists. Ebenezer, your hand, your hand is in all of this. To God be, oh, y'all can do better than that. To God be the glory for the great thing he has done through the pioneers of this great genre of music.
a genre that still inspires generations yet untold. A couple more announcements. I want to say thank you to those of you, the 14 people that were in our early morning 830 prayer call. We are so grateful. It was powerful, 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 powerful. We were excited to God be the glory. Also, we'd like to make mention that we are continuing our Bible study via the Zoom platform uh, on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And then also we're looking forward to you being with us for Sunday school at 9 o'clock. To God be the glory. Let's continue with worship. We are so excited. We have a christening today. Amen. We also have a baptism today. Amen. And this is Communion Sunday. So we are so thankful to God for the opportunity to serve. Amen. better mind. I don't know if that was intentional because it's offering time, but we thank God for the spiritual that have informed our faith. Amen. 
understand at this time of our worship experience, it's your opportunity to participate in our worship experience through your giving. We are, there are three or four ways in which you can give. Uh, you can give. Our ushers will certainly serve you. Uh, but if you are watching online, uh, you can give uh, via uh, going to our Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church uh, website. You can go to EbenezerBronzeville.org. You can also give through Zelle. Uh, we have that as well. Or you can do the text to give. Uh, if you're following us on our YouTube uh, or Facebook Live channel, you can get the information if you were right, sitting right here. Otherwise, our ushers will serve you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to participate in this worship through your giving. God, we're grateful for the resources that you have given to us. And we're grateful, oh God, for the opportunity to demonstrate our stewardship to you. Bless now these offerings, oh God. Multiply it for kingdom building. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. And all of God's people say amen. We pray. 
is recognizing that we have to keep constant communication with God. What worship does is it opens the door for that communication. I'll say that again. It opens the door for that communication. One of the things that we have, that I have greatly admired being here at Ebenezer is our altar calls. The reason why is because we've seen miracles happen in this very place. So when we have a time like this, we want to give you the opportunity. Now, because of social distancing, we still can't call you down, but you can stand where you are. Now, all of us need prayer. (laughs) I'll say that again. All of us need prayer, but here is the deal. It's easy to pray and and, and stand and pray for yourself. But there's also those of you who have to recognize when you can stand and pray for somebody else. It's called intercession. So the first thing I want to do, those of you who need prayer, since you can't come down to the altar, just stand where you are. If you're not able to stand, just lift your hand. If you want to stand in the gap for someone else, you can do that as well. I want to make sure we don't miss this opportunity. Because God has been too good to us not to talk to him. He's been too good to us not to talk to him. While we're standing, we're also going to pray for our students who went back to school last week. We also want to pray for the teachers, Jesus. Huh? Hallelujah.
Father God, we come right now. First God, just to say thank you. Lord God, we come just to say thank you in this place. God, we recognize, God, that we haven't done everything right. But God, you continue to keep your arms wrapped around us. And for that, we say thank you. Lord God, we just want to lift up your name today in this place. We just want to recognize, God, that you are a God who is worthy to be praised. God, right now, your faithful servants are standing up in this place. And God, they're standing right now, God, because they're standing in the need. God, they're standing in the need of prayer. God, you know exactly what they need, God. There may be some who are going through something in their body right now, God. They're standing right now, God, declaring healing even right now. God, there are some who have some, 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 some battles with depression right now. But God, we know you to be a healer even right now, God. God, there may be some who are having financial difficulty right now. But God, we know your word says that you are still Jehovah Jireh. You will still provide even right now, God. God, then there are those, God, who may be heartbroken right now, God, who might be going through, God. Even right now, God, you are God who can mend anything, God. Lord God, there are those who are standing right now in the gap for somebody else who could not or is not able to stand for themselves. God, we want to pray for health care workers right now, God. We want to pray for those who are taking care of sick parents right now, God. We want to lift them up right now, God. God, we know they're tired. We know they're weary, God. We know they're going through. But God, by your strength, they will be able to not just do what they do, God, but do it in excellence, God. God, we're praying for broken families right now, God. We're praying for children right now, God. We're praying for children right now, God. We're praying right now, God, that you would put your arms of protection around our children right now, God. Despite the hell they see on the street, God, you are still God. And you are still on the throne. God, even now, for this church, Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, God, we lift this church up to you right now, God. God, those who've been hurt by the church, God, we lift them up to you right now, God. Those who have been hurt by politics in the church, we lift them up right now, God. Those who've been hurt by gossip in the church, we lift them up right now, God. God, touch the men in the building right now, God. I heard it said on the street, if men stand up, boys will sit down. So, God, I ask right now, God, that you would put the action in the heart of every man in the room right now, God, to stand up so little boys can sit down, God, and let us lead how we should lead right now, God. God, we're praying for the women in the building right now, God. That they would have the desires of their heart, God. That they would be recognized, God, not just for what they look like, God, but also for what they bring to the table right now, God. God, move by your spirit in this place right now, God. Have your way in this place, God. All over 
you right now, God, that you would touch every touch that's open in your name, God. Whether it be 30 people in the room or 3,000 in the room, move, God, by your spirit. We bless your name today, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Let every heart say hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. say man oh come on you can do better than that because he's worthy hallelujah hallelujah we're going to change the program just a little bit I'm going to go right into God's word and then I see the christening baby has arrived is here and after we preach, we're going to christen the baby. And then we're going to run and change for the baptism. And the good news is we got another preacher over there, so he's going to handle the, the communion. We're going to work together for the glory of God. He, give, give me that chorus one more time. I feel that thing. Come on, come on, come on. Happy birthday, Trustee Pete Reginald Jones. Today is your birthday. Today you in worship, old man. And everybody born in the month of September, the second best month of the year. Amen. September, baby, praise the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I see that uh, Melissa got a tribe 
here. A lot of the tribe, tribes persons are here. I'm just going to put this out right now. I need to see Sonia Bonia Bowen after worship because I can never get her on the phone. And I have a matter of utmost importance in that little organization that you deal with. Amen. Some of y'all get it on the way home, so. Amen. Hallelujah. This whole week, week, this whole month, rather, of several months, several weeks, we have been focusing on worship and praise and trying to deal with those things that would undermine our worship because when we come into this place, this is not a club. This is a church. And so, Minister King focused a little bit on it last week, and I'm focusing on this week and next week, so that when we come here, we do what we've been called to do when we come here. And so, I want to read into your hearing again from the Gospel according to Mark. It's the King James Version. You can take your seats. You don't have to pick stand back up. You stood up. Uh, And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who, uh, who has a mute spirit. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples, church folk, that they could cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. All right, so you are, you're still going to be in the When he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to speak from the subject for Ebenezer specifically and those who are visiting with us in general maximizing the moments, maximizing the moments. A good friend of mine who used to lead praise dance ministry of a place I used to serve, her father was diagnosed with the disease called ALS. Many people know it as Lou Gehrig's disease. And it is a disease that once the diagnosis comes, you understand that there is no known cure. And most people see it as a living death sentence. 
And while he was diagnosed with this disease, it became apparent that he had to be living with this disease much longer before the diagnosis. The disease was there many years before, but it was just un once it became detected and diagnosed, this brother, because of his faith, didn't use the moments and the days of his life to lament and moan about this disease. But he became determined to use every day as an opportunity to express his faith and believe even the more that the Lord would bring him through. He ended up leaving this earth, but his faith in the Lord was stronger than ever, and his trust was deeper than it ever was before, even before he got diagnosed, because somehow he learned and he taught in his own bed of affliction how to maximize his moments while he was alive. I raise this story by introduction to say to you that you and I today, that all of us live with undetected issues that are designed to kill our faith. All of us have issues in our lives that we do not know, that we do know about, and some we do not lurking around waiting for opportunities to pounce and if we're not careful can endeavor to kill the faith that we have whether there are disease we don't know about or financial woes we have yet to uncover or family crises that we have still yet to encounter or relationship have some undisclosed and uncovered and undetected issues in our lives. And these issues have the potential not only uh, to pull us closer to God, but they have the potential to pull us away from our faith. Because when we discover that what we have been living with all the time and we didn't know that it was there and it pounces on us. It causes us to raise questions about our omniscient Savior. Yes, God knows all. He knows it before it happens and how it is that God knows that we have problems waiting to pounce on us and seemingly is not present to do anything when they attack. I believe this morning that's how Job must have felt when the messages kept coming to his doorsteps and he lost it all. That's how Elijah must have felt when Jezebel demanded his death after he took such a strong stand for the Lord. That's how Paul had to feel as he waited in prison for his release but was sent to a chopping block instead. And that's how Jesus felt in the garden when drops of blood perspiring from his brow when he pleaded for another way to redeem humanity. Beloved, when problems pounce on us that God knows about but take us on aware as it has the, it has the potential to kill our faith. I wonder if you understand the fact that every day, every day, Ebenezer, that we have is an opportunity to do something 
with our faith. Every day God gives us, every day God gives us our faith is either increasing or decreasing. Every day that we walk on this earth, every day uh, that God gives us that we are able to breathe in air and be the people that he's called us to be, we have an opportunity to either invest in our growth or we divest in the demise of our faith. And while it ought to be the case that we take advantage of every moment, that we have in life and take advantage of what the Lord has blessed us with. That no matter what happens with our time, that we use, that we use it, we use it so that we might be able to grow with him. But the sad, tragic reality is we waste precious time and miss many moments to build our faith and have a deeper connection with God because of the disappointments that we often have in our lives. You see, it's not hard to get caught up with the disappointments. It's not hard to get off track and determine that you got to find a way to live life on your own because people will let you down especially when you have tried and it seems like you've given all that you have and nothing comes back in return. When you've done everything right and everything goes wrong, that's the interest this morning we have in our text today because we see a man who has done what is right. He's done what is right in his life, but nothing seems to be getting better as a response. You see, this man has a spiritual problem. He has an issue in his home that he's been dealing with for a very long time. His baby boy, maybe even his namesake, has been under the hand of the adversary personally all the days of his life. And the Bible doesn't even qualify it as one of the emissaries of the devil, but says literally it is the devil himself that has occupied uh, his home and taken residence in this young boy. And every time the boy tries to make it in life, the devil pulls him back. Every time he tries to make something of his existence, he's always reminded of his own limitations. And because this man is powerless against the spiritual power and problem in his home, he decides to go and find somebody that can help him with his dilemma. Story says he heard about a man, a rabbi by the name of Jesus who was from Nazareth who was doing miraculous works, and somehow he comes from where he is and looks for Jesus to help him with his condition. And because he has a spiritual problem, he brings the spiritual problem to the place and the people who are supposed to be equipped and empowered to deal with this spiritual problem. He recognizes his own limitations and says this is beyond 
my control. And now he goes to look for the high and holy folk, those who are experts in dealing with those things that are against humanity from a spiritual level. And when he gets to the place and the people that are occupying the positions that ought to be able to address spiritual problems, he finds that not only is his problem not solved, but his problem becomes worse. Instead of his problem being solved, it becomes worse. And his pain gets sharper because the folks that are appointed, the people who are empowered to deal with this problem, don't have the ability to answer his call. Ebenezer, he comes to the church. He comes looking for not a hand out, but a hand up. He comes in looking for someone to help him with his legitimate problem. But all he finds are people who aren't empowered to get it done. Jesus is nowhere to be found. My brothers and sisters, it is possible to be in the place of hope and still not have hope in your life. It is possible to be in the place of peace and not find peace in your life. It is possible to be in the place of joy and have no joy in your life because sometimes we can confuse Jesus with his church. Now let me say parenthetically that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that Jesus died for is the only entity that has the power to solve the human condition that is on this earth. But unless you and I somehow are connected with the source, we can somehow turn away people who need the power of God and we can show that we really are impotent instead of filled with the power. Sometimes people who say they know God can make problems worse for people who don't know God because they have undetected issues they've never dealt with. This man's problem revealed an undetected issue that those who claimed that they knew God, those who were appointed and connected and anointed to do something about the spiritual ills of society had no power to get it done. And even though they were gathering together. Jesus was not with them. I know I'm in the text today because the Bible says there in verse 17, when Jesus finally shows up, this man was coming. He says, I brought my son to you and I asked your disciples to heal him, which means that when people see folk who come to church, when people see folk who, who say they know the Lord, 
When people see folk who claim they are Christians, they equate us with the same power that Jesus has given us. And if you and I don't emulate what Jesus has given us power to do, we can make matters worse instead of better. Oh, y'all not saying nothing this morning. I wish I could talk to some people here who've been disappointed by church folk. I, I wish I could talk to some people here who, who know what it's like to have hurt in your heart because somebody in the pew has something against you. I wish I could have an honest preacher, an honest preacher that could say that people in the pew are not the only ones they get hurt in the house of God. This man's spiritual issue uncovers a deeper issue with his disciples that says they are not equipped to handle the ills of society and the spiritual problem because they get caught up arguing. They're fussing and they're fighting. All the while, this man's son is still in the grips of the adversary instead of dealing with the real issue of their lack of spiritual power. They get caught up with who's in charge. They get caught up with the rules of the house and the bylaws they need to follow and, 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 and all the rules that have been on the books. They get caught up with the religious things of the house and never deal with the problems that's in this man's life. Because I want to tell somebody that religious gatherings don't mean a darn unless Jesus is involved. That's why Minister King took a moment before the service to begin to invoke the presence of God by doing the invocation because he understands and knows that theology teaches us that before we move forward in our religious gatherings, we must take a moment to invite the Lord into our spaces. That we're not just gathering to see each other. We're not just gathering to be in the place where we're all connected and together, but it doesn't matter if we come back after so many months and get into this sanctuary if the Lord isn't invited here. I'd rather have one person in the house and the Lord in the house than have a house filled and Jesus is not present. It doesn't matter if your religious gatherings get together if Jesus is not involved. But I, you and I, need God in the mix. That's why we ought to thank God. Thank God today that God still shows up to church. We ought to thank God that he still comes in the building with all of our faults and all of our failures and all of our mess-ups and all of our misrepresentations and all of the things we let him down. We ought to thank God that he comes to church with us. Because when Jesus finally shows up, he makes a moment 
that this man has to create a difference in his situation. This man, though he's disappointed, this man, though he is let down, this man, though he is hurt by the ones he came to ask for help, doesn't allow that to get in the way when he finally recognized that Jesus is on the scene. And he utilizes the moment that he has and cries out, I need some help. I, I wish today I had some folk in the room who weren't embarrassed and, and would holler out, I need some help. I'm not here to see who's preaching. I'm not here just to hear my favorite song. I'm not here because my name is on the roll. But I came to the sanctuary to cry out, if Jesus comes to church today, Lord, I need some help. I'm going to waste a moment. I'm not going to waste the opportunity. I'm not going to just show up to church and come back to things as they were before. But if the Lord shows up in the middle of the sanctuary, somewhere between the invocation and the benediction, I need the Lord to help me in my trouble. And I guess... That's my sermon in a sentence today, because despite the failure of the church, this man makes the most of this moment. He makes the most of this moment with Jesus. And unless you and I make the most of our moments with the Lord, then our faith will not grow. So you need to push past the disappointment, push past the discouragement, push past the failure, push past the people who have let you down and somehow use the moments that you are in to determine that I'm going to get everything God has for me. The question is, how do we make the most of these moments? How do we take advantage of these moments and not let discouragement stop us from growing our faith. When we look at this man and this lesson, we must understand that if we're going to maximize our moments, if we're going to maximize our experiences despite the discouragement, we've got to do three things and I'll be through. The first thing we have to do, Ebenezer, and hear me clearly, in order to purge ourselves, we have to purge ourselves from the paralysis of the petty. We have to purge ourselves from the paralysis of the petty. You look at the text. And the man comes to Jesus in verse 16, and rather Jesus comes to him, and he comes to the people who are in the midst of an argument, and he raises the question, what are you arguing about? Here's his disciples have been left in charge 
while he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he has a high and holy moment, and he can't even leave those disciples whom he has empowered for a few moments to be able to execute the mission he gave them power to perform. And when he comes back, after a few hours, the Bible records that those who he had left with the power and the charge to answer spiritual problems were doing nothing but arguing with the people who needed the help and arguing with other folks who had no concern about what they were trying to do. And here comes Jesus now trying to investigate so that they might understand and know what had gone awry in their situation. Because while the religious folk were arguing, the devil still had his hand on the boy. Jesus' disciples had failed him. The scribes were doing nothing but pointing fingers at him because the truth of the matter is church folk will sometimes get in the way of what God is trying to do in people's lives. Don't let the church failure feed your faith. I understand this morning why the disciples were involved. I understand why they were trying to figure out what was going wrong, but what I don't understand is why the scribes were involved at all. Why in the world would the scribes somehow involve themselves in this conversation when the church had no power? Because sometimes the church will get involved with some people who are notoriously against God and his purposes. I declare to you this morning, we got to go back to what got us here in the first place. Because I declare this morning, we didn't get saved because of a psychologist. We didn't get saved because of sociology. We didn't get saved because of self-help programs. And all of those have their place. And all of those have their place in our lives. But we came, we got, we fall down on our knees and somehow seek the one who called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. Then everything that we're doing has no power in the sanctuary because there's no power on the inside of us. I wish I could talk to somebody who knows something about spiritual power. I wish I could talk to someone who knows that their power is bigger than degrees on the wall, bigger than elbows you can rub, bigger than people you might know in society, bigger than the issues that we might face in the world. Because when you get in contact with the power that's deeper than anything else on this earth, it will let you know from the uttermost to the uttermost, Jesus is able to save. If he's got to reach way down, he will pick you up and he will turn you around. I declare this morning that God is able to do it. But we can't get to that power because we get so involved and distracted by petty conversation. We get paralyzed by the petty. We talk about how long we've been a church member. 
how long our name has been on the roll. We talk about how our name is on a stained glass window. Or we say our family runs deep in this church. Or how we was there before the pastor was here. We get caught up on petty conversation. And look at this, Ebenezer. The world on the outside look at us on the inside and laugh at us because they can see that we got no power. And we wondering why our children and our grandchildren don't come. It's because we're caught up in a day that's gone by that we can't see the day in front of us because we're so busy trying to get to the good old days that we can't take advantage of the moment we've got right now with God. They got the scribes involved, all the people watching and pointing fingers at the disciples couldn't deal with this demon problem. Disciples looked like fools in front of everybody, and now they're trying to backtrack and save face. Here comes Jesus asking the question, what are you arguing about? What are you fussing about? What are you, why are you so involved in these petty conversations? What are you so involved with? This petty conversation that can't get you back to the basics. I'm going to say something here. Don't settle for a sorry substitute for a sovereign savior. Jesus wasn't present. And look at this. Nobody said, go get him. Jesus wasn't near when they couldn't get the demon out of the boy, but nobody said, we got to go get him. Not one disciple said, we better go get Jesus. And maybe that's the undetected problem in the church. Nobody is saying, we better get Jesus. I'm here to tell somebody, you better find Jesus. If you want power, you better find Jesus. You want solutions, you better find him. If you want somebody to help you, you better find Jesus. Don't settle for sorry substitutes for a sovereign savior. Find Jesus for yourself. When you find Jesus, you can push past church hurt. When you find Jesus... You can push past hypocritical nigrites. When you find Jesus, you can look past people who got faults and favors, failures just like you, and say, if it had not been for the grace of God, I would have been lost a long time ago. But thanks be to God, I know the Lord. We got to purge ourselves from paralysis of the petty, but if we're going to maximize the moment, secondly, we got to learn to profit from prophetic probe. You see, Jesus had another question. This question is couched now in what happens to the boy as Jesus shows up. The Bible says, now when Jesus finally shows up and asks the disciples the question, what are you arguing about? He says, bring the boy to me. 
I'll handle what you can't handle. We need to thank God for things that he can handle that we can't handle. And he says, bring the boy to me. And as soon as the spirit in the boy saw him, things got worse and didn't get better. Let me say here to somebody that maybe the reason why your problems are getting worse is because you're closer to your deliverance now than you ever been before. Maybe the reason why demons are crying out in your situation, maybe the reason why the devil is raising so much fuss because he knows his time is up because the Lord is nigh. The demon snatches the boy, rolls him around, and makes an entire commotion. And here's Jesus' question to the man. Here's his prophetic probe to the man. Jesus asked, how long has this been going on? How long has this been happening? In other words, why are you just waiting to this moment to do something about this problem? Why have you waited so long to deal with this issue in your home? How long have you settled for the devil reigning in your situation? How long have you believed that there's nothing you can do about your dilemma? How long have you co-signed with your crisis? How long? You know, that's a tough question for us to deal with. Why did Jesus ask this man this question? Because he's trying to probe him prophetically to see that maybe, just maybe, there was something he could have done before now to ask for some help. Maybe it could be in our own situations that we've been dealing with far too long. Perhaps we've been dealing with some dysfunction far too long in our lives because we're too proud to ask God for help. But my question to you today is the same question that he has for this man in the text. How long will you deal with it? How long will you settle? How long will you think that you can't overcome? How long do you believe, will you believe the lies of the adversary? How long will you sit down and let the adversary have his way? How long will the devil reign in your home until you finally get tired and say, this is all I can stand and I can't stand anymore? We need somebody uh, to get tired of the devil having his way and say, whatever it takes, I got to find Jesus. Whatever it takes, I got to push past this appointment. Whatever it takes, I got to do something about my dilemma because I'm not going to continue to co-sign on what's happening in my life. I've got to stand up and make a difference in my own life. Not for my own sake, but maybe for the sake of somebody else. How long will we continue to have this foolish conversation about vaccines? 
How long will we go back and forth with people about whether they should wear a mask or not? How long will we deal with the foolishness that happens in our neighborhoods that we turn our backs on? How long will we deal with crime that happens in our own neighborhoods but not cry out when it happens someplace else? How long will we allow the devil to reign? I tell you, when Jesus begins to probe us prophetically, it opens the door for a breakthrough because it gives us insight that he sees something that we may not detect. And when he detects it, it gives us an opportunity to diagnose what's going on. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't fix something that you never face. Jesus asked this man, how long? He shows his compassion, even though the man can't see. He shows his concern, even though the man is still asking for more. He shows that he's on his side and working it out, even though he can't see it happening yet. And I'm going to tell somebody that when the Lord is making his inquiry in your life and taking inquiry in the details of your situation, when you get convicted of things that may have happened that you may have helped participate in to cause the pain that you're going through, that's when your breakthrough is about to happen. Because when you get tired of being tired, and when you get sick of being sick, and when you say, listen, I'm not going to let some people keep me from what God has for me. That's when you begin to own your place in your situation and say that God has got to be able to make a difference. And so the Bible now is trying to teach us that if we're going to maximize our moment, that we've got to learn to profit from prophetic probes, that we've got to purge ourselves from the paralysis of the petty. But lastly, we've just got to proceed with what we still possess. That's why in verse 24, when the man now begins to hear what Jesus has to say, the man now hears that he had some kind of involvement in his situation. Jesus says that I'm going to help you I'm going to do something about your situation. And we find that somehow in the end, Jesus turns it around. But the point is that somehow the devil had his hands on the boy. Somehow, even while Jesus is speaking to him, the devil is still moving in the boy's life. Somehow, even while the devil was still moving, this man never took his hands off his son. He might have said, the devil, you might have him with one hand, but I'm not going to let him go with my other hand. You might have a foothold, but I'm not going to let you grab the whole thing. I may not have much in my life. It may seem like the devil has taken everything from me. It may feel like he's gotten the upper hand. It may feel like I lost a lot of battles. It may seem like I've got 
some burdens in my life. I may have fallen down so many times and sometimes I don't feel like getting back up again. But I come by to let somebody know if you just get up one more time and if you just try try to put Jesus where he needs to be in your life, you will find out that he has what you stand in need of. Somebody out there ought to give God some praise and thank God that when he shows up, he'll meet your needs. When he shows up, he'll answer your prayers. When he shows up, he'll run the devil out. Is there a witness in the room? But sometimes you've got to come to him with the little bit you have. You may not have much faith, but all it takes is just a little faith. The grain of a mustard seed is all you need to be able to make it in this life. Because I declare that little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. So what I'm trying to tell somebody is you just have a little bit, a little bit left, a little bit joy, a little bit peace, a little bit forgiveness, a little bit another chance, a little bit patience, a little bit prosperity. But whatever you got, turn it over to Jesus and watch the Lord pick you up and turn you around. But we came to Jesus just as we were. Weary, worn, and sad. But the psalmist says, I found in him a resting place. And he has made me glad. I'm trying to tell somebody, give your little bit to Jesus. And he'll turn it around. Disappointed? Keep on pressing. Discouraged? Keep on pressing. Downtrodden? Keep on pressing. Give it over to God and watch God make a way out of no way. Maximize your moments, for that's why we come here. The Word of God, for the people of God, and all of God's people said, Amen. We're going to open the doors of the church. Perhaps there's someone here today that wants to maximize their moment. We're extending an invitation to you right now to make your public confession of an inward change as we open the doors of the church. Open the doors of the church as an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer. Give us your hand, but give the Lord your heart. Is there one you could come by letter? by Christian experience, or you may come as a brand new convert. Is there one today? The doors of the church open. Is there one?
because your great grandmother had a lot to do with who I am. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> she told us to be our most intelligent selves. And I shall never, ever, ever forget those words of wisdom. Yeah, I wish you could have heard them too, but we're going to make sure we speak that into your spirit. Amen. Ebenezer, Pastor Person, Mom, we have baby Steve Michael Spencer, born on March 15, 2020, to Melissa at and Steve D. Spencer, grandmother Lauren Wilson, grandfather Brian Harrington, godfather David Hayes IV, was dedicated to God today on this fifth day of September in the year of our Lord, 2021. Here at Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church by Pastor Daryl in person. Amen. The roots of this ceremony go back several thousand years to a moment when a Jewish woman named Hannah was able to conceive, unable to conceive. She cried out to the Lord for a child, and when God answered her prayer, she responded by dedicating her child to God's purpose. She said, I prayed for this child. The Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. 1 Samuel 1, 27 through 28. I'm going to ask you all, this tribe, this beautiful tribe, a few questions, Melissa and all. Uh, Steve, do you present your child in dedication to God's persons, if so, purpose? If so, say we do. Realizing that no one is perfect, will you do your best to model for this child, the life of obedience to God's purpose? If so, say we will. And when he is old enough, will you work to lead him to make his own decision to trust Jesus Christ as his Savior? If so, say we will. Amen. in prayer at this moment. As the poet states, your children are not your children. They are life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. May you, O oh God, bless Stevie at this moment and wrap your arms around his parents and this wider village that this gift that is wrapped up in human flesh may grow and develop into the man you desire him to be and not what the world wants him to be. May you undergird his steps, strengthen his mind and spirit, and allow all he encounters, all the individuals he may encounter, may he be strengthened by your spirit to develop a spirit of discernment to know those who will lift and guide 
those who will place obstacles before We thank you for what you are going to do. We thank you for what you have already done. We thank you for the blessing of a child. For every time a child is born, it is a reminder that you have not given up on us. For when you wanted to liberate the Israelites, you sent a child. And when you wanted to save the world, you sent a child. So we give you thanks on this day. And in the mighty, magnificent, awesome, majestic, powerful, and saving name of Jesus, who is the Christ, we pray. The people of God, who love God, may say, Amen. transition to the baptism and Minister King will come at this time and lead the balance of the service. Thank you for all who have been here. Reverend Dr. Otis Moss III. Um, glad to have him here. We are connected through a lot of different ways. Not necessarily in immediate circles, but um, when I was a student at Morehouse and I was in the Glee Club, I had the wonderful privilege of being able to sing at his father's church when we were on tour. And then also, uh, he came to Morehouse, I think, after I did. I'm a slightly older, but I still look youthful. Um, so we share in the fact that he's a Morehouse man, to God be the glory. And now he's, I, recently I heard he's an alpha man, to God be the glory of uh, Dr. King, praise the Lord, for alphas in the house. And to all the AKAs in the house, wave y'all hand, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I need to talk to y'all, I got to talk to y'all, okay? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds for the Lord's Supper. I know that there were some who were issued the Lord's Supper when you came in. If you were not given the Lord's Supper, we are going to have our deacons come around and make sure you do have one. You want to do that now, if you can just raise your hand. And they'll come around, they'll come all the way to the back and work their way back to the front. Keep in mind, the Bible tells us not to take this time lightly. The Bible states very plainly that those who take this lightly, they put themselves in a position for sickness. You put yourself in a position for all those things 
that what you otherwise would avoid. So we want to take this time for consecration. We want to take this time to ready ourselves. And as I tell you all the time here at Ebenezer, if your heart and your mind is not right today, it's okay to pass. It's okay not to have it. It's okay not to take communion. There is no shame in not taking communion. I would rather you pass up on the opportunity to take communion than to take it in the wrong spirit. verse one more time. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yes. take lightly. I know in a lot of churches, because it's first Sunday, it's done out of tradition. 
But we never want to do this out of tradition. We want to do this because we recognize that this service is that of the one that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of you. Let us pray. Father God, we come now. First, Lord, just to say thank you. Lord God, we thank you again for this opportunity to serve your supper. Lord God, we just thank you again, God, for the, your body that was broken, your blood that was shed. God, we thank you that although you gave up your life for us, God, that three days and three nights later, you rose with all power in your hands. And for that, we say thank you. Scripture says on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he broke it, he gave thanks and said, take, eat. This is my body that was broken for you. Let us eat together. And in the same manner, he took the cup and said, this is a new covenant of my blood. This do in remembrance of me. Take, drink, all of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know there's some still trying. Hallelujah. going to dismiss just yet because we have a baptism. You may have your seat. makes his way up to the choir law. We are so happy to have this brother who we met at the home going of one of our longtime members. And 
from that experience, he made a confession that he wanted to come back here to Ebenezer and make his commitment to the Lord. We are grateful for Brother Julius Washington. We are thankful that he has taken this step. The old folks sang, take me to the water. 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 To be baptized. None but the righteous. None but the righteous. None but the righteous. Shall see God. another soul that gave his life over to Christ today. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's give him a hand clap. Just a quick announcement before we get out. There are some pastries in the back um, that we had for today and we'll have someone back there to serve you, I believe, so we can maintain our social distancing. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand for the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. 
To the only wise God be glory, majesty, power, dominion, and power. Now and forever. Let the church say amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you. 